WebCityOnline.com, this is Two Rivers 30 Minutes, a weekly series of interviews with people making news around the McKeesport area. Produced by Tube City Community Media Incorporated, a nonprofit corporation. I'm Jason Toger, the Executive Director. On this show, we talk one-on-one with elected officials, community leaders, and others who are trying to make a difference in the Monoc area. And we also take your questions and comments on Facebook and Twitter at Tube City Online. Well, if our guest's voice this morning uh, sounds familiar, it's because you may have heard him on a different radio station on a program called The Allegheny Front, which he was host of for uh, many years. He is now in a different field, and that is you've moved from conservation to preservation. He is Matthew Craig. He is the executive director of the Young Preservationists of Pittsburgh. Uh, good morning, Matthew. Welcome. Thank you. Good to be here. So uh, you, you have moved from conservation to preservation. Yeah, you know, there's a, a great overlap between the two things, and and really it's about education, about uh, conservation and education about preservation. So that's really kind of the overlap uh, thing. And interestingly enough, there was a great push in the environmental movements uh, in the 90s. And the founder of the Young Preservationists Association was really inspired by how young people were coming together to work on preserving the environment. And so he thought it would be great to take that same kind of passion and energy and to apply it towards preservation of historic buildings. And that requires a little bit more education, because if you see an old uh, rundown building, you go, ah, somebody should get rid of that. That but is you, the actual, yeah, that's the, that's the most people have that reaction. Yes. Yeah, you know, it's just like, oh, that's 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 uh, a blight. But when you tell them the story about the building and who lived there and who designed it and why it's important, they go, oh, well, then we should save it. So we, we always look at preservation as kind of a conveyor belt of information because our goal is to teach people who can then teach people who can then teach people. You know, there has to be that sort of stewardship of information that needs to be shared along the way. I had a teacher in high school who, uh, who used to say, do, uh, see one, do one, teach one. Beautiful. Uh, Matthew Craig is our guest. We're going to talk about uh, historic preservation. We're going to talk about your top 10 preservation opportunities, uh, which you're taking nominations for, I think, right now, right? Yes, sir. Uh, but first, I want you to tell us what the Young Preservations, uh, Preservationists Association of Pittsburgh is and what they do. Its main focus is in a broad sense, to kind of preserve the voice of young people in preservation. And really, it's just about teaching young people about what the the pieces are at play and having them share their insights into them. And sometimes you can get really wonderful insight into how young people experience their world and their place in the world. We did a preservation podcast last year, which is available on our website, youngpreservationists.org. And it it was uh, done at a high school in Pittsburgh. And what was interesting about it was when you're talking to some young people about preserving places in their neighborhoods that might not feel safe to them, the first response is, Why should that matter to me? But when you connect their own self-dignity to the preservation of a building, you know, if somebody fixes an old house in your block, the entire block is uplifted. And it also creates a sense of empowerment that, oh, maybe I can 
fix this. And maybe I can fix that. And the one great lesson that we can learn from what happens in, ha- in the Havana is that they don't have any capital. And their preservation is to teach young people how to be bricklayers, how to be, um, you know, uh, working carpenters in that kind of sense, like more of the elbow grease. And I think there's really a lot to be learned from that. When we talk, there's a there's a lot to unpack there, and this this is going to be this I have a feeling this be one of those interviews that I'm going to regret that we only had a half an hour. Well, I hope uh, it's interesting. Okay, uh, <laughs> Ma- Matthew uh, Craig is executive director of the Young Preservationists Association of Pittsburgh. You can find them on Facebook at Young Preservationists. You can also find them online at YoungPreservationists.org. They are currently taking uh, nominations for the top ten preservation opportunities in the Pittsburgh area. You can go to their website and find out more about that. And I should disclose uh, disclaimer time that. Uh, uh, I am involved uh, with uh, Matthew Craig in an effort to uh, find some use or or to uh, study the uh, former Penn McKee Hotel in mm-hmm. McKeesport, um, which uh, Matthew's organization is working with the city of McKeesport to find uh, possible historic reuses for. So I wanted to disclose that that this is a don't don't want people to think I'm trying to pull uh, a fast one on them. What is what, when we talk of historic preservation? What do we mean by that? Do we mean turning things into a museum, or what are we talking about? It's a great question. What I've learned in my three years now as the executive director of this organization is that it's very helpful to kind of broaden the lens and to not see the building only in isolation, but to see it in context with the the block, the neighborhood, uh, the, the, the area of town that it's in. And that was the approach that we brought forth to uh, the, the good city of McKeesport to, to recognize that there is economic development potential through historic assets. And by taking a, a building like the, the Penn McKee, which has such a wonderful, rich history, but also looking at the entire block that it's in and recognizing that you can create a destination for the city, that uh, a place where people want to come, and that the Penn McKee is really the, the kind of cornerstone of that effort. Um, you, 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 you mentioned something that is something that I hear a lot up and down this valley. Uh, I, I actually heard one mayor of one town say that he wanted to tear his entire down his entire downtown area, he said he wanted to tear down. Not in McKeesport, not in the, any local communities, but it was a Mon Valley community. That he I just think I to, know which one. He just wanted to level the whole town, basically, yes, and yes. start and start over again. Um, that is often, if somebody's looking around and they see, and we've got a lot of blighted buildings in McKeesport, Clareton, Braddock, Homestead, that is often the first thing. Well, why don't we just tear it down and build something new? Well, I would, I would say that look at the assets that you have. And sometimes, you know, the uh, it's like if you go to um, a grandparent that's passed away and you go in the attic and you, you see an old dusty case and you open the case and there's a vintage 1960s guitar mm-hmm. that has been so filled with dust and it just got pushed off the side and nobody ever thought anything of it. To the right eye, someone realizes, my goodness, not only is this a beautiful playable instrument, but this instrument has value in the market. So if you look at the entire downtown of a community and say, well, what would it cost to replace this? And on some levels, you do get to the point where to replace this with something that's meaningful is a lot less expensive. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, sure. then you go that way. Uh, to put something in there that will have five years usefulness and then be empty, that doesn't make any sense. And it only has a very limited purpose. But if you have a building that is great 
has great bones, has a great history. It, it tells the story of the community and can be repurposed into something that would be useful. I think that that, that really deserves a conversation. I, in, on, on some levels, am not a good preservationist in that I'm as interested in the stories that can be told as the stories that have been told. What does that mean? What's the difference? Well, you, when you see a building and you say, well, my goodness, all these great things happen. They're like the Penn McKee, which is such a great example. The, the famous debate that happened between Richard Nixon and John F. Kennedy. My goodness, how, how wonderful it would have been to have been a fly in the wall in that place where these two great men of American history would come together at their early in their careers and have an intellectual debate, right? And th th these two men, uh, for better or for worse, were the driving, um, the two driving members of the history of the United States for the next what, 30 years, right? And you, you take that and you say that was such a wonderful place and time and this thing happened. Well, but what else has happened there? How many people were engaged? How many people fell in love? How many people met for the first time for the last time? How many sure. people can meet? How many people can have significant life experiences in this place that you can create? You know, what is it about a place that draws somebody in that makes them want to come back? It, can't, it, it shouldn't just be like, well, I have to go here. It should be, oh, wouldn't it be nice? Let's go there. Let's make it a place where people say, well, what should we do? Let's go there. Because when I'm there, I feel good. I feel welcomed. I feel a part of something that's going on. It's vibrant. It has a, a buzz about it. So, you're, you, so you, 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 you disclaimed this or you, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, sort of self-effaced this by saying, well, you're you not a very good preservationist because you're looking to the future as yeah. well as the past, but I, I don't know that that's true. I think that was a little false modesty there. You, you're looking for new stories to continue to be told in these historic places where many stories have already happened. Yeah, to be honest with you, Jason, you mentioned uh, the Allegheny Front, environmentalism, preservation. What I'm interested in are the stories. Okay. I'm interested in the stories about these things. And how do we tell the stories that compel us to be interested in anything? And if you tell me the right story about something and you tug at my heart and you click with my brain, I'm in. We're going to pause right there and I'm going to ask you to tell your story here uh, after we take a quick break. We're also going to explain to folks uh, what this project with the Penn McKee Hotel is, what, what the Penn McKee Hotel is, even in the first place for listeners who are not uh, from McKeesport. And I also want to talk about the uh, Young Preservationists and the Top Ten Preservation Opportunities, okay? Wonderful. Uh, our guest this morning is Matthew Craig. He's executive director of the Young Preservationists Association of Pittsburgh. You can find them online at youngpreservationists.org. They're also on Facebook. And you can find us right where you're listening to it on Radio 81 WEDO, 1550 and 101.1 WZUM, the Pittsburgh Jazz Channel, Internet Radio, WMCK.FM, and TubeCityOnline.com. Stay tuned. We'll be back in 30 seconds. You're listening to Two Rivers, 30 Minutes, a production of Tube City Community Media, Incorporated. If you've got an idea for someone who you'd like us to interview or a question or comment, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Tube City Online. Welcome back. Our guest this morning is Matthew Craig. He's executive director of the Young Preservationists Association of Pittsburgh. Uh, you can find them online, youngpreservationists.org. You can also find them on Facebook. And if you go to their website, you can nominate a site 
to be one of the top 10 preservation opportunities in the Pittsburgh area. And we should mention also that uh, one of your big supporters has been the Allegheny Foundation. Tell us about yourself. Uh, Where did you grow up? Where was home? And, and what was your path to working in historic preservation? Well, it's interesting because I... Uh, I would always reference uh, Joseph, the, the coat of many colors, and I would say, well, I'm the man of many hats. Uh, as I've gotten older, I've learned that I have to take some of those hats off just to keep on moving forward. But I was born in Pittsburgh, was a um, an early uh, convert to the Pittsburgh Pirates and, and fell in love with them just as uh, they were coming to their ascendancy with Roberto Clemente and all those great folks from the 71 World Series team. Uh, my family moved to... New Jersey outside of New York City, and then ultimately I ended up in Toledo, Ohio, where I went to uh, high school and college, uh, then moved to South Florida, where I worked for a, a good number of years as a professional musician and a cartoonist, doing editorial cartoons for a number of publications. And as a musician, I was an electric guitar player for a number of touring bands, um, the Dell Vikings, the Mamas and the Papas, um, and a, a lot of oldies groups that people would know from the songs. And uh, I also got very interested in writing and uh, composing my own music and sort of in a folk rock uh, style. Now, is, that for, is that for yourself or for your own amusement or can people get... Some of your tracks, are you on SoundCloud or Bandcamp or one of those? You know, I, I th this goes back into the days when um, CDs were in their infancy, and so okay. I, I have CDs. But I have been encouraged to put all those things into the digital uh, okay. format, so I am doing that at the moment. All right, so coming stay tuned. coming soon <laughs> to the to the to the. To the iTunes or the Amazon or whatever. In my endless uh, to-do list. So, yeah, uh, right, sure. I, I came back to Pittsburgh, and I was hired as the host for the Allegheny Front, which was supported by the Heinz Endowments. And then through there, I got really interested in the idea that when you're talking about the environment, what you're really talking about is the destruction of the environment. And so I thought what needed to happen was an effort to teach children about why they should be concerned, interested, and involved in the environment and really just the appreciation of nature and the creation. And so I started a TV show called The Magic Woods. And I was assisted greatly with uh, help from Fred Rogers before he passed away. And uh, that was really a wonderful association to get to know him and to work with him. And uh, so we produced four children's television programs that uh, they've aired on WQED. And it was a really wonderful experience. Uh, very expensive, but it was uh, wonderful to learn how to do that. Uh, on a on a sort of side note, I then got struck in the head playing softball, which I would like to encourage everyone listening to this. If you play softball, if you're out there, you know, in a, in a league or something, please wear a helmet. Okay, you're in no danger from the pitcher, of course, but on the base path, yeah, you're not playing with professional athletes here. And through a thrown ball, I got struck in the head. Oh, and uh, that pretty much put things to. Uh, I really slowed things down for a while while I uh, had to recover from a traumatic brain injury. Yeek. And I'm blind and deaf on my right side because of that. Good grief. Okay. And um, so I had to pick up all the pieces. And that's a, that's a hard thing for a musician or a radio host to, to cope with. Yes. But, uh, by and for a cartoonist, I mean, to, to be... To, to um, uh, we're talking with Matthew Craig from the Young Preservationist Association, and this is one of these little detours that I do that, that derail interviews sometimes. But, 
you know, uh, James Thurber, the the New Yorker cartoonist, um, as he lost his sight, that prevented him from one of his first loves, which was cartooning. That's a that's a very difficult thing to that's a cha- challenge to overcome. Well, I was told at the time that I was lucky I could see and hear it all. So how do you how do you uh, you know manage that? And I think it's not so much what happens to us in our lives because a lot of people have things that are very uh, difficult to get through. But it but it's how we respond to what happens to us. And so I wanted to just be thankful for what remains and thankful okay. for the uh, the love and assistance that came from every corner of my life, especially through my family and my friends. And so I I never felt a sense of why me, but I, I felt very blessed and loved through the experience so how do i feel going forward you know i just uh, try to be thankful for every day and uh it's not hard for me to imagine what the darkness and silence would be so i'm thankful that i don't have to uh have a more profound loss than what i have well uh we're thankful too Uh, we're talking this morning to matthew craig he's executive director of the young preservationist association of pittsburgh they are online at youngpreservationists.org. They are also on Facebook. Uh, are there ways for the public, if they're interested in, I, I guess I should ask you, first of all, what makes a young preservationist? Am I still, I'm still in my mid-40s. Am I still a young preservationist? Well, I would have to say age is not the disqualifier because <laughs> okay. I think it's uh, young at heart is what I would say because okay. it, it's really about inspiring people to be preservationists. And inspiring young people requires that somebody is there to teach them. And that's really what we're trying to do as well. You know, so we're working on the Penn McKee Hotel, which is this historic asset for the city of McKeesport. And there's an enormous amount of very detailed work that goes into exploring historic tax credits and new market tax credits and all the financial ways of subsidies that people pull these things together. But on the other side of it, we want to have a vibrant way to teach young people in the community, in the surrounding communities, on why should this matter to them? And what does this kind of work mean? And is there a potential for them to be involved as an architect, as an engineer, as a city planner? What kind of careers might there be in this kind of work? So it's really that kind of approach that we're taking we, we've kind of um we're gonna have another break here coming up unfortunately but we, we we've kind of skirted around the topic so the pen mckee hotel is this uh four-story brick and steel building that mm-hmm. was a hotel was built in the 1920s it is near what is now the great allegheny passage hiking biking trail it's yes. near the mckee's point marina it was designed by benno jansen the same architect who did the william penn hotel in downtown pittsburgh i believe he did mellon institute in yes. uh oakland in oakland uh the rolling rock farms a uh, bunch of of well-known buildings in the pittsburgh area um and the old Penn Lincoln Hotel in Wilkinsburg. in Wilkinsburg, which is now a parking lot. Yeah, which is a big empty lot now on Penn Avenue. So those are the two aspects. If you look at the William Penn downtown and you look at the Penn Lincoln uh, parking lot, it's, which of those two would you rather have? Well, uh, so the, the Penn McKee Hotel, as you mentioned, in 1947, these two rookie congressmen, uh, Richard Nixon and John F. Kennedy, I wonder whatever became of them. Uh, now, obviously, they went on to become president, but they held their first debate in 1947 uh, as the as congressman at the Penn McKee Hotel in McKeesport. But what kind of happened in the 1970s and 1980s that kind of fell into disrepair, huh? You know that the all the way through the Mon Valley, this entire disruption of the economy is what happened. And McKeesport used to be a very vibrant um, 
a stop on the railroad. And that's also something that changed. So as we transitioned into an automobile society, as a lot of the manufacturing was uh, shipped overseas, you have these communities that really have to find a way to reinvent themselves. And I think that that is very possible in this climate right now. As I keep saying to people, there has never been ever as much capital in the system and in the economy of the United States as there is right now. Never. And the the Dow Jones and the stock markets are at historic highs. You have all these very successful tech companies with money overseas that they're bringing back. And so if it can be done, which we are going to create a, a document on how it can be done, it can be done now. Okay. And so for communities to start to reinvent themselves, I think you start from where you started in the beginning. And that's right at the, the river, the bike trail, right there. That's where McKeesport started. So let's restart it right there. Let's uh, pause right here, and we will restart in 30 seconds. I'm going to ask you a little bit more about what the Young Preservationist Association is doing with this project with the city of McKeesport, and also ask you about the top 10 preservation opportunities, if that's okay. Great. Uh, our guest this morning is Matthew Craig. He's executive director of the Young Preservationists Association of Pittsburgh. We're talking historic preservation. You can find out more information about them at youngpreservationists.org. You can also find them on Facebook. We'll be right back. You're listening to Two Rivers 30 Minutes, a production of Tube City Community Media Incorporated. You know, we're looking for help in getting this show on the air and for help with other projects. If you're interested in the McKeesport area and you'd like to host a program or write articles for the website, call us at 412-614-9659 or email tubecitytiger at gmail.com. Welcome back. Our guest for a final few minutes is Matthew Craig. He's executive director of the Young Preservationists Association of Pittsburgh. They are a historic preservation group working throughout western Pennsylvania. You can find out more information at youngpreservationists.org. You can also find them on Facebook. Uh, so we took a break. We were talking a little bit about this Penn McKee project in McKeesport. This is a historic hotel uh, that fell into disrepair, has been more or less totally empty uh, for about 15 to 20 years now. Um, the city of McKeesport, after a long, lengthy battle, and I should disclose, uh, in the interest of full disclosure, that I was involved in this battle to, to keep the building from falling into further disrepair, uh, the city of McKeesport took ownership of this big historic building that unfortunately has also become blighted mm -hmm. and has become an eyesore. Uh, what has Young Preservationist Association been brought in to do? Well, the first thing that we were brought in to do was to understand and appreciate the vision that uh, Mary Trepko and his wonderful team had for the Penn McKee and for their city. And it was very inspiring to me to try to look at this whole picture through their eyes. So it's that's the first step. And I, I learned from a, a, a wonderful mentor of mine that a leader is a person who knows what questions to ask because you can't know everything about everything. Mm -hmm. But if you know what you don't know, and you know who knows it, and then you know what questions that you need to get the information to make the right decisions. And so I see our role here as providing Merit Repco with the right answers to the questions he's going to ask, that he's going to need to know as far as what they need to do going forward. And the other thing, if I may modestly say, I think the skills that I have is finding people who should be talking to each other, but for some reason they aren't. And bringing them together and creating a collaborative effort. I cannot 
do this by myself. And YPA is um, new to this kind of work. And so we're really reaching out to experts and getting great interest in people to help out because I think people are really pulling for the city of McKeesport on this project. And I would just reach out to the entire Mon Valley. If you have a historic asset that you would love to try to preserve and try to generate some economic redevelopment around that historic asset. It's a really a very smart strategy. And I think it's something that we can take lessons learned here and apply it to other places. So, so there's a couple of things. There's um, number one, how far gone is the building salvageable? Is it safe or would it be cheaper to tear down and, and build new, as we talked about, number one. Number two, what are the hazards present? I mean, the building has sat empty for so long. There's been vandalism. There's been junk and debris dumped there. There have been a couple fires set. Um, then is there a use for it? You know, you, you may have a beautiful historic building, but if it's out in the middle of nowhere and nobody can get to it, mm -hmm. there, there may they, there may be no use for it. And then, I guess, sort of finally, okay, if you clear these hurdles, then how much does it cost to bring it online in some function that is usable and that will eventually return value, both real value, money, taxpayer money, back to the taxpayers, and also the sort of uh, non-intrinsic value, the value of having this historic asset there that people can use and making it a gathering place. Again, you, you use the term storytelling, that okay. they will tell news stories. So where, where are you in that process now? So generally what we have to do is we have to explore every one of those questions in detail. And I think the, the best way forward is to find the, the best case studies of other places where they've uh, done the same work. Like we, As I mentioned to uh, city council when we were first discussing this proposal, we don't have to reinvent the wheel here. We just have to discover how has it been done, how might those uh, best examples apply to what we're doing here, and ultimately – and this is very important for people to know about preservation. It is real estate. It has to obey the same rules as real estate does. It has to, to sustain itself. It has to be able to create a revenue stream around it to, for people to work there. So ultimately, you have to find a good anchor tenant to fit there. You've got to find uh, good resources. And because of where it sits and the, its importance to the community, are there outside resources from the state, from the county, from the federal government that we can bring to kind of help jumpstart us and then to bring in the right developer who can then carry it over the, the finish line? Those are all the pieces, and it's, a, it's as much art as science, but where we are right now is exploring the science. Okay. And, and, and what happens if you come down to it and you say, this is too far gone or the, the challenges are insurmountable? Honestly, that was what I wanted to be able to give a very clear picture to uh, the mayor and his team. In, uh, in a way, this is just kind of a test. Mm -hmm. Is this worth it? And I think that the answer will be yes, mm -hmm. but I want to prove the yes. Sure. It is yes, and here's why it's yes. But if we do discover that uh, it's going to be 10 times more expensive than anybody thought. We also want to give that information, too. Right. So the people, you know, I don't want anyone five years from now, oh, I wish we knew. Yeah. You'll know. Okay. Uh, in just the last 60 seconds or so that we have, what are some opportunities if people are interested in historic preservation? You mentioned, you know, they're in Braddock or Clareton or Homestead or uh, Duquesne or wherever, and they've got a historic building that they're interested in. How can they either get involved with trying to save that or how can they get involved with your group? 
Well, I would really encourage anybody who's interesting, interested and, and who's listening uh, to reach out and consider becoming a member. It's, it's not very expensive, but it just demonstrates um, you know, support for our mission, for our work, and to participate in events. The, our Facebook page is the best uh, spot for that as far as what's coming up. And come to the top 10 in, uh, on October 5th. It'll be at Alphabet City on the north side of Pittsburgh. And you're still taking nominations for that. You know, I believe we did just close oh, the nomination. Okay. So okay. Uh, stay tuned for what's coming. But I uh, I have a good sense that Penn McKee is going to be on that list. Hmm. Okay. Well, that's uh, <laughs> I, feel, I feel like we've just got our Oscar predictions or something. Uh, Matthew Craig has been our guest this morning. He's the executive director of the Young Preservationists Association of Pittsburgh. You can find them at youngpreservationists.org. You can also find them on Facebook and and uh, they are involved in historic preservation throughout western Pennsylvania. Matthew, thank you for coming in and talking with us this morning. Jason, it was an honor to speak with you and your audience. Thank you very much. And thank you all for listening today to Radio 81 WEDO, 1550 and 101.1 WZUM, the Pittsburgh Jazz Channel, Internet Radio, WMCK.FM, and TubeCityOnline.com. So long for now. You've been listening to Two Rivers 30 Minutes, copyright Tube City Community Media Incorporated. Opinions expressed on this program are not those of Tube City Community Media Incorporated. Listener support makes this program possible. If you'd like to make a tax-deductible contribution, please visit our website at tubecityonline.com and click on the donate link. You can also get a free subscription to this program and other podcasts at our website using Apple's iTunes or Stitcher.com. If you've got a question or comment, we hope you'll write to us. Our address is Tube City Community Media Incorporated, P.O. Box 94, the Keysport, PA, 15134. You can email us at TubeCityTiger at gmail.com or call us at area code 412-614-9659. And you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at TubeCityOnline. Online.